Welcome to What's the Deal? It's our investment banking podcast on Making Sense, the hub for JP Morgan corporate and investment bank podcasts. In each episode of What's the Deal, we'll be exploring the trends that drive deal making today and see what's really transforming industries the world over, from tech disruption to geopolitics and more. Hello, everyone. I'm Rama Varyankavl, and I will be the host for today's edition of What's the Deal? I sit within the investment bank at JP Morgan and run our corporate finance advisory practice as well as our Center for Carbon Transition. Pretty excited today to have as our guest Fahin Aliboy. Fahin runs JP Morgan's Development Finance Institution, or DFI as we call it for short. So we will get into what DFI means, how does it relate to ESG as a broader topic. We have to talk about COP27, of course, given where we are in the calendar. But before we do all that, I want to welcome Fahin. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, Rama. It's been a real pleasure to join you today and also to partner with you on so many different transactions. Absolutely. So before we get into the technicalities of DFI and ESG, I would love to hear from you a bit of background on your origin story, both personal and professional. Indeed, I've had the unique experience of living, being educated and working in multiple countries around the globe. I was born in Pakistan and grew up in the UAE, Cyprus, the UK, and the Philippines before coming to the US for college and graduate school. I then had the chance to live and work in Africa. All these experiences I feel informed my professional decisions. After graduating from college, I started my career at Merrill Lynch Investment Banking in New York, where I covered M&A and underwriting transactions for financial institutions. Having lived globally and being an econ major, I realized my interest in finance and the emerging markets and decided to work at the International Finance Corporation, the private sector arm of the World Bank. At the IFC, I worked in various roles in infrastructure, manufacturing, including in the renewable energy supply chain, and then eventually moved to Dakar, Senegal, where I covered multiple countries in West Africa. It was there that I really saw the need for private capital to boost the growth trajectory in emerging markets. After my experience in Senegal, I decided to come back to New York and back to banking to launch the JP Morgan DFI, and we've come a long way since. Fantastic. You're quite the global citizen. What is the location you've spent the most time in? I spent seven years of my childhood in Cyprus but I'm also very attached to the Philippines where I did high school and came of age. And today have a very strong bond with Senegal where my children had the chance of growing up. Fantastic. Tell us a bit more about what development finance really means and the mandate for DFI, the group that you lead here at JP Morgan. Development finance focuses on channeling investment towards improving the quality of life and well-being of people in developing countries. It's really a way to facilitate socioeconomic growth and opportunity. Historically, development finance came primarily from public sector institutions and from the multilateral development banks. However, in the past decades, there's been an increasing partnership with the private sector to advance progress in areas such as education, healthcare, access to finance, infrastructure, and climate. And this leads me to the genesis of the JP Morgan DFI that was launched with the aim of mobilizing finance to support economic development in emerging markets. We do this by applying our development impact methodology 
to assess the anticipated impact of JP Morgan transactions, and secondly, by identifying sources of capital interested in financing opportunities with measurable development impact. We also publish an annual report each year which shows the transaction the firm does with impact and how they break down by product, sector, and geography. Our team also retroactively evaluates JP Morgan transactions for their impact, which are then allocated towards the firm's ambitious 10-year, $2.5 trillion goal to mobilize money towards sustainable development. This corporate goal has three pillars. The first is green, where we're helping to accelerate the deployment of solutions for cleaner sources of energy and facilitating the transition to a low-carbon economy. The second is development finance, where I sit, where we're helping mobilize capital to advance the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals and improve economic development and quality of life in emerging markets. And the third is community development, where we're helping to advance economic inclusion around the world, including by closing the racial wealth gap here in the United States. That's fantastic. Let's zoom in a bit more into exactly what you do. Like, who are the clients that you typically interact with and what steps do you do and what your team does to help the client achieve their goals as you laid out? So what we do actually is work with JP Morgan coverage and product teams to work with their clients and offer three services. If I may interrupt, so the clients would be private sector companies or are these governments or both? They're all of the above. So we work with sovereigns, sub-sovereigns, state-owned enterprises, and private sector companies. And the nice thing is in the transactions we've done, and there have been 35 of them, we have a really diverse set, both by geography and type of client. So in a transaction, we partner with our coverage and product teams to help our clients with impact disclosures, I'm very proud of the fact that there are now over 22 bond prospectuses out there that have a development impact section. We then provide an impact assessment to our clients, so a standalone assessment with our own score of how impactful that transaction is. And then investor engagement, where we work with sales and syndicate to see if we can identify pockets of funding that would be interested in those particular transactions. And this is where we play a role of what we call Development Finance Structuring Agent, or DFSA for short. We have now done work on about 35 deals across a variety of geographies in LATAM, in Africa, Central Asia, Eastern Europe, and Asia. And we've also had a few where the MDBs and DFIs have come in as anchor investors. And I think this is really interesting in moving the needle to help bring in a capital to these transactions. A nice one that we did earlier this year was Axian Telecom, which is a regional telco in Africa. This was their debut issuance, and it came in with anchor orders from development finance institutions, including DEG, as well as the IFC. Fantastic. So little change of pace. Let's zoom out a little bit, if you don't mind. You mentioned the JP Morgan $2.5 trillion sustainable finance target. You play a very important role in that journey that we are all on. But explain to us how TFI is connected to other groups within the firm who are all working towards this $2.5 trillion target. And also, if you don't mind, talk a little bit about how development finance fits with ESG, which is perhaps a term that more people are familiar with. 
Absolutely. So I think that the nice thing at JP Morgan is that we have so many different pockets of excellence and we've worked really well together. And we have an acronym for all of them. We have an acronym for all of them, (laughs) that's for sure. I like to think of the DFI's activities really as ESG for the emerging markets, because I think the focus in general in ESG has been on the E. However, in many emerging markets, there is so much impact to be had in sectors such as infrastructure, health, education, access to finance, access to telecommunications and the internet. And all of that has impact. So what we try and do is bring a more 360 impact view on transactions done by JP Morgan clients in the emerging markets. This is what investors are also trying to see, right? To see kind of a broader impact in societies and in economies. We also do a development gap assessment. So we try and see, is there a gap in those economies? And are you filling that gap? Because this is also an interesting way for investors to look on where and how they should deploy their funds. And with your team engaging further on kind of establishing metrics and industry standards is something that the entire financial markets is trying to move towards. So a lot of connectivity, but really seeing ourselves, as I said, as ESG for the emerging markets. Makes sense. So is it fair to say that the UN SDGs are kind of your North Star? Everything you do kind of aligns to one or a few of those SDGs? Absolutely. So our transactions must align to the UN SDGs, but we don't do it as a checkbox exercise by saying it aligns to SDG 5 because it's a gender component. But we really try and go to the next level of the 192 sub-indicators The other thing we do that I mentioned was that we look at a gap analysis. So if you are providing internet connectivity in a country that has very little, your score will be higher. We try and make a relative exercise. So we use the SDGs as a guiding post, but really try and get to the next level of metrics and indicators and reporting on them. Got it. So you used a term which I thought was very interesting. You said development finance is ESG for the emerging markets. Is it fair to assume that applies just to the issuers, the investors that you interact with and who are actually investing in these deals, I suppose, are global, including those from the developed markets? Or is there a segmentation you see on the investor side as well? So that's a really interesting question. We have really spent a lot of time in the past year and a half with investors. And we traditionally went to global investors but spoke to their emerging market desk, their EMD. And they were all craving enhanced disclosure on where those monies are being used and what their strategies are for impact and for ESG. However, we find now that more and more of those EM-focused funds either liaise with or have their own ESG teams and are building out their own methodologies. So we went from just EM to EM and ESG And the interesting trend we've seen in the past year actually has been dedicated impact funds on the horizon. All right. So let's maybe slightly change gears one more time. We are coming up on COP27 in Egypt. I know that you are leading the JP Morgan team that is going to be present there. So tell us a bit more about the event itself and what are your agenda items while you will be in Egypt attending COP27? COP is the annual gathering of governments and international organizations to discuss all countries' progress on their climate targets. I think in recent years, COP has also become more inclusive of corporates and financial institutions and investors that also attend to understand this high-level political dialogue, 
but also to address and articulate their own climate change and sustainable development objectives and make this really a partnership between the various stakeholders. As you know, climate change is a global problem and solving it will be a global public good for all of us. So this year's COP will have a greater focus on emerging markets since Egypt is hosting it and on climate adaptation, as well as the negotiations on mitigations and CO2 emissions, and also on mobilizing capital to achieve these goals, especially from the private sector. What's interesting here is that industrialized economies have emitted to date the largest percentage of CO2, but developing countries are facing its brunt. And as a result, we have to work together to see how do we make sure that everyone can grow their economies, but also mitigate this existential threat that we all face, which is climate change. Clearly, the goal now has to be to look forward to make sure that we can agree on what the solutions are. And I suppose that is what COP will focus on. How would you speculate sitting here before COP? What do you think would be success? So I think success really is, as you said, is how do we kind of move forward and finance the needs of all countries in this world, right? And finance the need for having strong industries and strong economies, especially as we come out of COVID and face increased inflation, to acknowledge the fact that there are global threats, health and food security, et cetera, that we still are managing, but setting a path forward to helping fund ways to prevent further emissions, be it through technology, technology transfer, but also to invest in adaptation. We've seen very close to home in Pakistan, we've seen devastating floods. And how do we help a country rebuild and adapt? In neighboring India, there have been incredible heat waves, and that is predicted to continue. These are the discussions I hope we can have and help financing go towards adapting to those changes Okay, fantastic. Thanks, Fahin, for that. So maybe looking inwards again, DFI is a relatively new group by JP Morgan Standards. You've had phenomenal early success. How do you take that and kind of what's in the pipeline for you looking at 2023 and beyond? Thank you, Rama. We were lucky to work on a lot of transactions early in our tenor, but there's so much more to be done. As we look forward, something that I mentioned earlier and that you and I have talked about in the past is really how do we create standards for impact investing? What we would like to do is help promote standard setting, starting perhaps with fixed income and then moving to other product classes. The second is collaborating with the MDBs and DFIs, how we can work with them to bring financial solutions and more structured transactions in the emerging markets. There'd be possibilities to work with them on guarantees and first losses so that we can do more private sector transactions in these markets that need the funding. And a third strategy for 23 and beyond is really to deepen our relationship with institutional investors that really want to promote impact as an asset class. That's how we're thinking about 2023. And I look forward to partnering with teams within the firm and outside to make this happen. Fantastic. That sounds both exciting and ambitious for an agenda. So thank you, Fahin, for joining us here. And I look forward to continuing the partnership that we have between our teams. And good luck at COP. Thank you so much. 
If you're enjoying this conversation, you can subscribe to What's the Deal, as well as our other podcasts to stay on top of the latest industry news and trends. Follow JP Morgan's Making Sense on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. This material was prepared by the investment banking group of JP Morgan Securities LLC and not the firm's research department. It is for informational purposes only and is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase, sale, or tender of any financial instrument.